Welcome back to season two. We are so grateful for your continued support and for those new to the podcast. We look forward to sharing our getting dirty and growing strong stories with you. Where the Lotus Grows is an entirely listener-supported show. Supporting us is also designed to support you through keeping the growth flowing and also through rewards like guided meditations, personal affirmations, and extended behind-the-scenes content of our adventures in podcasting. Hop over and visit patreon.com backslash where the lotus grows and become a supporting member of the Creatitarian community. Where the lotus grows. Where the lotus grows. Creatitarians, getting dirty and growing strong. Welcome back, Creatitarians. We've got an exciting episode for you today. What are we talking about today, Kim? Well, I thought, you know, last time you and I talked about um, cannabis and uh, psychedelics, we mm-hmm. all learned, that all the Creatitarians learned that my knowledge is really low. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in becoming a cancer patient, um, you know, I, I have always had this belief system since I was little that things are put on the earth to help support us. And, you know, cannabis would be one of those plants. And so when we, early on in my cancer treatment uh, plan, Nick and I sat down with a pharmacist twice to kind of go over what I was already taking, things I'd like to be on, the drugs that were coming. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in, in talking with the pharmacist, I chose for me to manage some of the treatments from cancer with cannabis because to me it was less of a rat race. You know, sometimes when you take pharmaceuticals, you get into this rat race of chasing one drug with another drug and then those right. side effects, you trace it with another drug and it just keeps ballooning out. Yeah. And so cannabis was something that I could do that the side effects you know, weren't damaging my organs, weren't creating more drugs that I need to take. Um, But in that process, the pharmacist helped us, you know, kind of identify two two dispensaries that they had worked with Mm -hmm. in the past. Because one thing that I didn't want to do, and we have found this a lot in dispensaries, even though we're in the medical dispensary, is you get someone that you know, perhaps it's done some research and knows what they're talking about, but it only goes so far or you get the right. person that's like stoned out of their mind and like, Hey dude, you know, <laughs> let's do that. Well, that's not really what <laughs> I'm not going to really take advice from you. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and I do, I do want to say this too. I think pharmacists are completely underutilized and here's my thought process for that. Your pharmacist is the chemist. Mm-hmm. And we, as a yoga therapist, right, we've had a pharmacist who also practices yoga therapy be a keynote at one of our conferences. They, they've done a TED Talk, although the name's escaping me. We can maybe put that out for our Courageitarians later if they want to yeah, watch it. But one yeah. thing that he pointed out to me was that you should sit down every one to two years with your 
pharmacist. Most of the time it's covered by insurance, but it's a nominal fee. And they will look at all the drugs you're on. Some drugs you need to go off for a couple months or switch to a different brand for a couple months and then you can come back. Some have interactions that shouldn't be happening. And in our Western model, we have sectioned out the body so much into pieces and parts that doctors don't really know what the other doctors doing and how things interact. And that's really where your pharmacist comes into play and it kind of looks mm-hmm. out for you in that regard. So in all of this, I'm getting to the point of, I really wasn't sure that I was getting the best usage and dose for my health condition through cannabis. And so I I sought out a cannabis coach. Now there are cannabis nurses. There's actually a nurse association um, for cannabis nurses. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Oregon. Oregon has had drugs legalized now for quite some time. And uh, the dispensaries there are kind of what I thought a dispensary would be like. Um, but they're not yet here in Michigan. So I work with a cannabis coach out of Oregon. And um, she has worked with doctors and pediatric and adult oncology patients as well. Um, mm-hmm. Her her main, she, she has kind of two roles now. She lo- loves to cook with cannabis. So she has monthly cooking classes that she does and some catering. And then she works with patients, helping them navigate um, the system. Because as things become more legalized, like any business, right, it's just kind of gone crazy. So there's a lot of right. stuff out there. Um, that isn't healthy for you. And, and being at my state of being, I really need to make sure I'm getting a clean quality product. Yeah. So, uh, we, we, I wanted to start really basic because I wanted to start with the endocannabinoid system. I knew we Mm -hmm. had it. I knew the plants receptors match up with our receptors, but I didn't really understand like, you know, how does that work? And so uh, Livy is my uh, cannabis coach. Liv, you know, had a drawing for me and kind of put that together. So there are what are known as CB1 receptors, and that receives the THC and other molecules. And it's mostly concentrated in the brain. There's a couple in the gut, but it's mostly concentrated in the brain and the central nervous system. Um, And it mediates many of the psychoactive effects that are associated with cannabis. Mm -hmm. And then there's CB2 receptors, and they receive CBN and other molecules. And that's mostly found in your peripheral organs and cells that are associated with your immune system throughout your body. And the highest concentration of those receptors are in the gut, even though they do go, you know, there's some in your limbs, but that's where most of them are. Um, and so I think that that's really important to know. And your body kind of sorts that out for you, you know, the intelligence of our body. So um, cannabinoid is part of a class of uh, diverse chemical compounds that act on receptors found in the body, in the brain. And these compounds can be found naturally in all mammal, you know, mammalian bodies, um, as well as in all plants. And um, that's what's referred to as the cannabinoid, endocannabinoid system and the photocannabinoid system. Um, so that's kind of 
what that's used through. So yeah, I so think in school, didn't we, I'm going to throw this out here kind of off the cuff, but I only remember because it's a, it's a yogic term, but I believe the, the receptors in the brain that um, pick up cannabinoids are uh, anandamide receptors. And ananda means bliss in Sanskrit, which ties it into our little yoga lesson. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I think, I think the guy that the scientists that discovered them named them anandamide receptors. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure we talked about it in the first pod about cannabis. And I just remember it kind of stuck with me because it's a Sanskrit word. Anyway, continue. (laughs) Well, I was going to say that the medical use of cannabis, um, which we're continuing to learn more about its potential therapeutic uh, benefits, right. And Mm -hmm. the, um, endocannabinoid system, but to, uh, due to the efficiency in which the cannabinoids can uh, impart reactions in our body and uh, kind of that pervasive nature of the endocannabinoid system, um, it's no surprise, right? I mean, it's been part of our civilization uh, pharmacologically for, for four millennia. So it's mm-hmm. not something new, right? It's been around on earth for a while. Uh, and we can start. We can start using that now. THC uh, has psychotropic effects, and that effect opens up more me- uh, medicinal pathways. So, at very high doses of CBD, it can actually amplify uh, the intoxicating nature of THC. So, one thing I learned from my coach is I was taking Rick Simpson oil at night to help me be able to sleep. I mean, when you get uh, infusions, there's so much steroids so that you don't, you know, have this huge reaction to the mm-hmm. poison, basically, that's being yeah, put you're into you. Amped. So I use the Rick Simpson oil um, to, so I could get to sleep, to help with the pain, to help with the nausea. Um, I knew deep sleep needed to happen for healing. Rick Simpson oil so ha- Rick Simpson oil also has tumor suppressor qualities to it as well. Mm -hmm. And um, so I took that. The coach had said to me, though, I wish you would have been taking a CBD during the day and perhaps you wouldn't be dealing with so much inflammation that you're dealing with now. And I thought, oh, that would have been interesting to know. I've also learned that, you know, that time that I kind of overdid THC and you know Nick <laughs> Nick let me purposely get high uh, before I started cancer treatment so I could see what that was like and know the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, she had said if you take C- if you get yourself too high like that if you take some CBD it'll help bring you down mm-hmm. uh, so that I wouldn't have had to go for hours going is this it nope going higher <laughs> is this it you know. <laughs> well, that's right what you I get when you think I don't think it's working. I think I need a little more. Before. I, that's my impatience, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there are different delivery methods. Um, sublingual, uh, you put it underneath your tongue and let it get absorbed there. Inhalation, uh, you see people either smoking or um, vaporizing. Ingestion, that would be like your edibles. Uh, and then topical, right? You can also do topical. Sure. Um, so he, you can also do, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, but mucosal. 
um, that that it bypasses the digestive system and it's absorbed through the mucous membrane um, mm-hmm. for far quicker um, benefits. I purpose I personally like to do the sublingual. Um, I do do some topical because my uh, arthritis, specifically in my hands and neuropathy, there uh, is really bad. So I'll do a topical for my hand. But um, right now I'm using CBN for nighttime to go to sleep. So it's a CBD mm-hmm. CBN combination, and I do that underneath my tongue, and uh, the dose just completely absorbs, and then that helps me sleep at night. It also takes away my neuropathy pain enough to go to bed. So the courageitarians that have been listening to my journey knew that I started gabapentin after my surgery because the neuropathy pain and my nerve pain at night uh, was not allowing me to sleep. And I learned that gabapentin was a controlled substance. And so I wanted to try to get myself off of that, even though I was on the lowest dose they could possibly prescribe. I wondered if through my yoga therapy movement techniques and CBD, mm-hmm. CBN, if I could get rid of gabapentin and so far cross your fingers, um, I'm about 45 days off of gabapentin. Nice. Congrats. Um, dosing. Uh, so, you know, my coach laughs at me sometimes. She's like, I can totally tell that you grew up in the dare era. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) dare for, for maybe our either too young or too old listeners, dare stands for drug abuse resistance education and was part of our, I think from fifth grade all the way through high school, uh, for Kim and I's age group, um, where they came in and scared you away from drugs. (laughs) Yes. And cannabis is the gateway drug, right? (laughs) Right. Yes. It leads directly to heroin. Right. (laughs) Yes. So, you know, I, I was really, uh, you know, frightened by it all. So, um, so we laugh about it and, you know, she talks about dosing. So one of the questions that I am trying to get to the bottom of is we know that if you try to use cannabis as a tumor suppressor, that if you go off the cannabis, then the tumor comes right back, right? It's, it's Mm -hmm. not a cure. Um, so, you know, hence the word suppresses, um, Right. We know that pancreatic cancer is one of the top three for my gene mutation. There's not a good way to diagnose it. There's not good medicine out there. And so one of the things I was wondering is if I am taking a small microdose of Rick Simpson oil, if I ever want to try it for pancreatic cancer at that point, have I become immune and it won't work? And one thing she pointed mm-hmm. out to me is that, you know, just because you, you're taking a dose and now you no longer feel the effects, doesn't mean that the dose isn't working. And if you're taking right. a dose high enough that you're cognitively impaired, then that dose is too high. So you're finding you know, what dose works for you. And one thing she had said when she works with pediatric patients, the dose is quite high, but their metabolism's a lot higher. So the other thing is, is that as we age, our metabolism goes down, which means our dose is going to go down because it's slower for us to metabolize things, mm-hmm. um, which is hence why, you know, if I do a recreational dose, I'm my impatience, right? gets ahead of me um, right. because I don't plan it pro- appropriately. Um, and she also said, you know, if, 
if you take a dose and it doesn't work for you, then she's like, sometimes five milliliters, you know, one way or the other is just the difference. So how she explained this to me was, um, you know, in your twenties, what you drank in your twenties, you probably aren't going to drink in your forties and fifties, right? You're like, why would I have done that? But you kind of experimented in your twenties with abandon and didn't really think about it. And she's like, you're going to have to get past kind of that dare education and this older mindset and experiment a little bit and give yourself permission to experiment. And that's where these uh, terpenes come into play. So kind of what I thought when I first went to the medical dispensary would be like, it's like when I go to the tea house, right? That they open up Mm -hmm. canisters of tea and they waft them to me. And I thought that's what would happen with these different uh, strains of cannabis. I thought they'd waft something and I'd be all of a sudden my body would like crave one over the other and I'd go with that. They do that (laughs) in Oregon, but they don't do that here. Mm. Um, and so she started to talk to me about the fact that, um, each cannabis is complex and has its own terpene, uh, profile and, you know, kind of a discerning nose, just like a nose for perfume or wine, right? The cultivator can, you know, kind of get those nuances out of you. So there are different notes and depending on what your... Um, disease condition is determines what you might need. So some are more floral, some are more bitter or peppery. Um, some are uh, more citrus, mm-hmm. um, maybe more minty, more piney. I don't know if I said piney. I mean, they each have a different boiling point point to them too. And they're present in many plants. So this is kind of where I am at in my learning is trying to go through and figure out what terpenes uh, I need. And she gave me four that she kind of thought maybe I should start with. Mm-hmm. And this is where learning to cook with it and, and pair it with a food item that would help me absorb it is going to come into play because a lot of these uh cannabis strains paired with a vegetable helps you absorb it but you also need to make sure like for example you know a lot of I hear this a lot you know cannabis butter but a lot of people right. are cooking it at too high of a temperature and you're losing the medical qualities okay so understanding those heat you know boiling point temperatures is good and each of it's like um you know how my fingerprints are different than your fingerprints sure that's what it's like for for terpene for different strands is it's different right that's the profile for each strain that's a perfect word i like that word profile that's interesting and yeah with the butter from what i understood when um i don't personally, I tried to cook with cannabis in my twenties and that was, this was pre, uh, ghee was easily, uh, available. Like before you knew, before I really even knew what ghee was, ghee is a clarified butter and you can cook it at a higher temperature. And every recipe that I saw for cooking with cannabis said to use ghee instead of butter. But of course I didn't, you know, so you just made it with the butter instead. But I think that it had something to do with supporting the heat. 
and the um, cooking with it. Yeah, we even see it in olive oil too, right? Mm-hmm. So, so plants, um, it's like the plant's essential oil. Right. right. It's what gives the plant its flavor, its aroma. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so I think understanding that is important. Important. The other thing is um, understanding the cannabinoids are a group of active chemical compounds, and they're mm-hmm. responsible for the effects on the body. And there's over 120 known cannabinoids that are not psychoactive, and. Uh, but they, but they still have, uh, you know, but, uh, I, I don't know that medicinal qualities is right, but, but they have, um, healing properties to them. There we go. Yeah. Health, health related properties. <laughs> so for example, um, I have mentioned CBN. CBN mm-hmm. is great for, uh, anti-inflammation. It's great for insomnia. Um, it's also good for anti uh, convulsion, uh, relieving some muscle spasms, maybe as a pain reliever, um, things of that nature, where when I'm looking at it for cancer, um, CBC inhibits uh, tumor cell growth, uh, CBDA kills cancer cells along with CBVG. Um, so, you know, I also need to stimulate my bone because a lot of the drugs I'm on is, you know, setting me up for osteoporosis uh, Mm -hmm. issues. So that CBG helps bone stimulation. It also helps to lower blood pressure. Um, As an antibacterial, um, CBG also can help with that. So there are different things, you know, that you're going to get from, from different, um, cannabinoids uh, and so I think understanding that you know what what do you need you know CBN is really the only one that is the main sleep aid right where where if you're looking to inhibit cancer cell growth THCA CBG and CBD and CBC mm-hmm. is where you want to go so you know this was the stuff that I was like this is what I needed to know when I walked into a medical dispensary, right? I need to know these terms so that I can figure out um, what I'm purchasing or what I need to purchase. Sure. Or you need to at least have a, a, um, a bud tender, as they're known in the dispensary uh, world, that can that that is educated on that. Because I think for you or I, we're like, we need to know this information. For the lay person um, who's, you know, similarly to just going into Rite Aid and picking up their prescription, they want to know that the, the person tell, giving it to them knows what they're talking about, knows that, you know, all, all hemp and cannabis, cannabinoids all start out as that CBGA and then as the plant matures, it breaks down into the different compounds and the CBG, the CBG and the CBDA and the THCA all, you know, come at different points in the process and exposure to heat and exposed to UV and all of the different ways. Like, um, so you don't have to, or the patient doesn't have to become, you know, we, we like to nerd out and become super experts, but, <laughs> but for the lay person, what needs to happen in that dispensary, especially around, 
um, medical cannabis, and this is what you were saying about having a coach or a nurse, is somebody that really does know those things so that they know this is the best for sleep, this is the best for, you know, reducing tumor, all of those things. Like, um, that's the education that you want in your and that's that's the reason to seek a coach or a nurse over just the butt tender, I would think. Yeah, because I mean, and just going back to my um, insomnia example, you know, we're looking for things in a temperature range of 349 to 423 mm-hmm. degrees. We're looking for a CBD-CBN combination. But there's also four beneficial terpenes. Right. So, yep. you know, edibles will have a more lasting effect, but if something's too high in the THC, it's going to cause unwanted stimulation. So you have to understand which um, receptors and which terpenes are going to aid relaxation and aid sleep. And that's difficult to navigate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think um, the science on this is still kind of new. Yeah. To be like... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I just well, I was just going to say, like, we've known, like, in the beginning, you were saying, you know, hey, look, we, we've known for hundreds of years, if not longer, um, that cannabis has these medicinal properties and that cannabis can be helpful for X, Y, and Z. But I think it's just been particularly within the last 20 years with legalization in states and um, research becoming legal because for a long time being even research on cannabis wasn't legal and so to be able to do um, the research and to, to, and to take this apart and to kind of um, break it down into the different parts of the plant and at which process do they create you know the different things that you need and what are they what are they beneficial for I I feel like this has just been, you know, within the last 10 to 20 years that this has exploded as a science. Yeah. My cannabis coach says, you know, she put a lot of her life on the line to learn about this before it was legal. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a, you know, it was a huge risk for her. Um, She did, she did say that research coming out of Israel is pretty good research to look for research okay. studies. A lot of what's posted in the United States um, is oftentimes taken down. There's one person's um, cannabis information of research-wise that, that isn't taken down. And she's done a couple of TED Talks too, um, is Mara Gordon. And she okay. has a website, um, auntzeldas.org, where she holds a lot of uh, cannabis knowledge and like research and dosage and the disease conditions and stuff that she's been uh, learning from. The other thing that uh, <coughs> I've learned is that, you know, because things have kind of exploded without, you know, this, you know, what's happening or someone to, I guess, I don't want to say watch over, but to make sure that things are, or I, I guess let's go back to, let me use the supplement example. Um, we learned years ago that some supplements don't have the supplement in it that it's supposed to have, right? Right. They're so not regulated. You're getting a good quality. Yeah, it's not regulated. So you need to make yeah. sure you get a good quality um, product. The same thing is happening in the cannabis world right now. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of lawsuits happening where some don't have what it's supposed to have in it, but like yeah, there's glass or there's heavy metals or a lot of toxins And using it for medical reasons, I need to make sure it's a clean product. Um, Mm -hmm. 
East Fork and Friends has kind of led the way of um, standards and trying to educate our government on what standards should be and that kind of thing. And their products have a little llama on it. So if you see the little llama on it, you know, it's something that you could be tested. But what my cannabis coach has taught me to do is to take the label and ask if labs have been done on it. Can I see the lab reports? Mm-hmm. Um, also to Google the company and the parent company that's that owns the label and see if there are any pending lawsuits against it. Um, and sometimes, you know, given everything that I'm dealing with, it's difficult for me to do that. And sure. uh, I just send her the label and she will take that on for me and do some of the back work for me um, to make sure that I've, I've got a decent product that is supposed, it is what it's marketing to say it is. Um, so that takes some of that worry off of me. That's helpful. Right. No, I think that's excellent to have that. Um like overview, like somebody looking out for you. Another reason, you know, why, especially in the cancer. Um, and I, I want to say too, um, you know, because some people are like, I'm just taking it at reckless abandon and they don't really know what's happening. And, you know, you know, it's kind mm-hmm. of like, I guess, I guess I'd be more recreationally fun, but I, I guess I want to, I want to let the Cragetarians know that, my cannabis coach has me documenting what's happening. So Mm -hmm. I have like a little journal and I have to list my symptoms. Like, how are you feeling today before treatment? Know any symptoms you're experiencing and rate the severity in the graphs below. Mm -hmm. I have to list what other medications I'm taking. I list, list the medications I'm taking, including prescription vitamins and supplements and their dosing. Then I have to write down the cultivator product. So what product am I taking? Were there labs available? How am I ingesting it? What's the temperature setting? Um, what's my dosage? What time am I taking? And then there's a timeline. So I draw a line to indicate your axis over time. The y-axis is showing the strength of my reaction. And the x-axis is showing how long it lasted. Then before dosing, I'm describing how I feel prior to the use, and I include any symptoms that I'm feeling and the rate of their severity. And then after dosing, how is your therapy making you feel? Um, I write an effect and indicate the strength using my graphs. I then describe it, my experience over time. And then I have to list my overall outcome. So I enter my overall feeling of wellness after my treatments. Um, so there's a lot of kind of antidotal research that I'm collecting for myself as I navigate to figure out what's going to most support me. Nice. That's, um, I mean, it's, well, on one hand, it's a lot, but on another hand, it's right up your alley. As far as, <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Contributing to and being a part of, of it in that way of keeping track. Yeah, and I can keep those those labs and details in, yeah. you know, some products have worked for me and some products I've taken, you know, one to three doses and I'm like, no, nah, this isn't, like one was messing with my it's blood not, pressure and I was like, yeah. okay, this, and gave me some indigestion and I've got myself off of the Pepsids. Um, so that's another thing I've been able to get myself off of through exercising and eating and, and that nature. Um, so this is kind of a, a good way for me to now 
navigate to figure out, you know, what I need and, and what I don't need. Yeah, no, I think that that's awesome. I think that that's uh, very, very cool. So my, my next stage is that I would really like to um, get in with a grower locally and mm-hmm. be able to look at some of these different terpenes, look at the anecdotal research, because one thing that my cannabis coach taught me, because again, the dare person, I'm like, oh, if mm-hmm. I go to a grower, like, am I going to come back? Or am I going to be like shift off somewhere, you know? <laughs> and then I said, these crops are worth so much money. Like a grower is just not going to let anybody just kind of pop in either. So I just didn't know the etiquette of, you know, where are the boundaries? How do you find a good grower? How do you not like, and she, you know, she of course was laughing at me and um, she's like, no, she's like, if you find a product that really works for you, she's like, most growers get into this because someone in their family was ill. And Mm -hmm. a lot grow, she's like, growers don't get a lot of feedback from their clients. She's like, so if you find a product that's really working for you, she goes, make sure you take your anecdotal research that you're collecting and let the grower know. And a Mm -hmm. lot of times she's like, if they're taking it off their product list, because, you know, the profit isn't working for them, they'll keep a small supply for their medical patients and continue to sell to you because it's affecting your health. And she's like, as we navigate what you might need to use as a tumor suppressor or for inflammation with things, she's like, again, get, get to know a grower, get to to let them know how their product is, is working for you health wise. She's like, it's kind of a a close knit community in that way once you get in. So that's my current thing that, um, that I want to do for myself is to get in with some growers. And I, I guess I've heard uh, here in Michigan that there are some uh, grower meetings where, you know, two mm-hmm. or, or three growers will get together, uh, you know, every couple months and, and talk about their products. And I'd, I'd like to find my way into one of those. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that, um, I'm sure that you could pretty easily, especially going through medicinal, medicinal, specifically medicinal dispensaries. Um, I have the honor and privilege of touring a very, very large. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't even know what you would call it—a grow house facility um, that supplies both medicinal and recreational marijuana to most of Colorado. Um, while we were out there on vacation, my son-in-law works for um, the grow house, and it was very eye-opening. It was very interesting. Um, so we got to do a little tour and beforehand I was really picturing in my head, like, uh, um, you know, again, we're dating ourselves, Laverne and Shirley, you know, how the beginning credits <laughs> they're, yes. they're in the factory. Like I want to say the a beer factory in Milwaukee. Um, <laughs> that's what I pictured in my head. And I've toured like the Budweiser factory in St. Louis. And like, I just kind of pictured something like that. Um, and on one hand, it was a little bit like that. Um, on the other hand, completely different. It's not a factory. It's giant greenhouses. Duh. It's plants. <laughs> so um, going in, you know, we have to sign a release and sign a waiver and they check in and make sure that they have all of our information, uh, put our hair nets on and all of that. So because we'll be walking past 
product and going through product. What I did find was interesting and a little disheartening was, um, you know, my son-in-law had to stop and ask the gentleman, like, which bays were being sprayed. And obviously pesticides do have to happen. But the fact that, you know, there is a little sign on the door that says that you're not to enter while it's being sprayed does is a little concerning. Um, but also like, I understand that certain things have to be done for quality control and there are different things that you have to do. Um, so that part was a little disappointing, but also I wasn't going to an organic grower. So I don't know if different, you know, places have different policies. Um, but going in and seeing the different stages of the plant growth and where they start them and where they harvest them from a mother plant and um, grow them. And then just if you picture like a giant greenhouse with the moving racks and they had a very uh, intricate feeding system and watering system and everything has to be just at the right temperature. Uh, then I got to see where things got harvested. They had a really neat system to flag the different pots when they're ready to go or if a plant is sick or if a plant needs extra care. Uh, my son-in-law was super knowledgeable on why they keep them at a specific height and how to um, make sure that every plant is getting individualized care and growing uh, to their best ability. So to get the maximum product from it, right? That makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and then going through the drying process, the collecting process, and then even more into, um, particularly this is on the recreational side, um, making other products with marijuana. So specifically, there's there's obviously the different strains, the different kinds of plants, and the different um points of growth where things get picked for different things as you were suggesting and how they get dried out and how they get exposed to light. Um, but additionally, uh, making like vapes. So how the oil is extracted and distilled from the plant um, was really interesting to see the machinists, the machines that do that. And the, you know, obviously it's a, it's a bit of chemistry to be able to break down um, the plant into its bioavailable oil and then distill it into what can be vaped, what can be um, often is way too heavy for either of us, Kim, but things called glass or shatter, which is like the, and, and wax um, and different uh, forms of THC that supposedly give you a bigger bang for your buck, if you know what I mean. So this is for people who are really interested in those psychoactive effects. Mm -hmm. uh, then there's a whole nother area where the medical was sorted out and specifically that's a whole different labeling system. It's a different uh, form for shipping and what they do. And then I got to go in. So my son-in-law specifically works in um, the, the processing part where once the bud has come all the way through, it's come from plants and dried and trimmed and cleaned then he just gets these big tubs full of bud and he gets to grind them and use a, a really great machine that um interestingly enough very expensive machine always breaks down he says <laughs> <laughs> but gets to uh 
gets to uh, do the pre-rolls. So it fills the little paper cones if you ever get a pre-roll from a dispensary. And I know you're not smoking it because obviously uh, trying to prevent cancer or not. <laughs> um, but but uh, he does the pre-rolls for smoking recreational marijuana. And so he can fill, um, I don't know, something like 500 joints at a time and get them you know, filled in and then individually goes through and, and packages them. Uh, I'm the other gentleman who works by his side was filling the bags. Um, so when you purchase just the flour, um, you typically buy the gram, then you, those are in a child safety sealed, labeled, legally labeled bag. Um, then, you know, he got to, he got to do that. So we got to see these bags, like five pound bags of marijuana, which is more marijuana than I've ever seen in my life. Um, (laughs) You could just, you could smell it on us when we left, like it had permeated our clothing. (laughs) It was kind of everywhere. Um, But it was really, really neat to kind of get to see, you know, how the sausage was made for, for lack of a better analogy to really get to go in and see um, how it was made and how it was distributed and packaged and shipped out. And we got to see the whole process and it was absolutely amazing. And I really enjoyed it. And so when you wanted to talk about this today, then I was like, Oh, I get to tie in this, this one little package of getting to travel to an actual grow house, like a giant facility. Um, one of the, one of the largest and, um, I have to say, I knew that there was a lot of science behind Mm -hmm. the healing benefits and it's been going on for a long time and in Colorado and Oregon have had some really good growers collecting that kind of stuff, but it's also a huge business model, right? To to still everything you explained, right? Is a whole business model and it takes a lot of people, a lot of skill set to, you know, get a good quality end product. I also want to mention, um, I don't have the the number or the correct name, so you'd have to do your own research, but Oregon is finding that um, there is too much cannabinoid that you can have in your system where you bl- end up blowing your whole endocannabinoid system in your body. Oh, and so they're starting to put a ceiling on how mm. much can be in products. I, like I said, I don't know the name for when you're, endocannabinoid system is blown and I don't know what their ceiling number is. Um, I know she told me, I just didn't retain it because I didn't think that I would get myself there. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is something for people who are looking for more and more and more. If that's your personality type, you might want to do your own research to find out, you know, what that ceiling is. Cause I know that they're finding out that there is a ceiling. Right. Yeah. And, and it would be curious to know both health for health benefits and, um, you know, obviously the psychoactive component. Yeah. Where, yeah. where that fits in. Oh, well, thanks for sharing all your new information. It's so fun that you uh, have become the can- cannabinoid uh, educator in this. <laughs> from when, from <laughs> my, when we my, started. My one neighbor has some plants that she grows and she's like this great, uh, you know, plant lady and so she's like you want me to teach you how to you know do this and so I kind of go over and she showed me like leaves and how high you want it to be and that kind of thing but I'm still Mm -hmm. like I tiptoe over you know and tiptoe back and and I'm like well maybe I'm just supposed to learn how to grow my own I don't know but there's so much science that goes into growing a good quality plant 
that I'm like, I just don't think I have uh, the time or the skill for it. Well, and and um, what you're looking for requires it to be a little more scientific. If you were just recreationally looking, you could just grow a strain that you enjoyed. You are looking for for more of, I need it to specifically help me sleep, and I need it to specifically help reduce tumor growth, but I need it to specifically, yeah. And after going through that grow house, you see how you, you know, you have a a good visual of how complex it can be, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was, I was like, you literally have chemists and scientists working in here. Like it's, it's pretty, pretty Pretty amazing. amazing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, Courageitarians, if uh, you have anything that you want to add or share, or you appreciated this a little bit of cannabis talk. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on all things where the Lotus grows. And until next time, we'll see you. Show notes and resources grow on our website, wherethelotusgrows.com. If you're wanting to engage with the topics we present in a deeper way, it's a great place to go for a more immersive experience and links to pertinent show information. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or subscribe on our website to get our weekly blog, personalized weekly mantra, and links to listen to the show. We're so grateful for all the reviews, recommendations, membership support, and suggestions that you provide us. As always, our member platform is at patreon.com backslash where the lotus grows. This is where you can go to donate to the show to help keep us going and get a few rewards for your support. Thank you, Courageitarians. We love having you as our Sangha. Until next week, remember, though we are professionals in our field, the topics discussed and or advice given is general information and not intended as treatment or diagnosis. Please seek the guidance of a medical, integrative health, bodywork, or yoga therapy professional for full evaluation.